everybody. Welcome back. I'm Larry. I'm Emily. And this is Planet in God. What are we doing? So uh, today is chapter four chapter of four John. John. Why are we reading it? You're ridiculous. I know, but just <laughs> remind people in case they come in in the middle here. Um, we are doing our Christmas reading challenge through John to uh, finish up on the day of Christmas. Yep. So you read Monday through Friday. You'll finish the book of John by Christmas, um, and you get the weekends to catch up. So if you're catching us on day four here, you haven't read one through three, go back and read them. you got Saturday and Sunday to catch up if you need to, and then follow up on our videos. They're all posted up on the uh, channel. dive in. Um, so chapter four, um, this is one of my favorite stories actually. Um, it's about the woman at the well. Yeah, so before we get to her, I want to make a, a quick point at the beginning here. Um, how Jesus is kind of um, tired. Right, so we just ended up chapter three. And a lot of chapter three was focusing on how Jesus is God. But he's God in the flesh. And so here we're seeing that flesh part come out, that he gets tired. Right. He's still a man. Mm -hmm. He still mm -hmm. has the physical aspect yes. of a man. So It's not logically contradictory to say, say that Jesus is God and Jesus is man. Right. The logical contradiction comes in as if you say that Jesus is only God or Jesus is only man. Right. But he is not only either. He is both at the same time, which is really cool yeah but then yes we get into this interaction with the samaritan woman well even before we get to oh, that geez well i was just i think uh it's really interesting but right, right at the very beginning it talks about how more people were baptized under jesus than they were of um john yeah because <clears throat> that's like the ending technically of um chapter three yeah. i don't know why they put that in chapter four but uh, that's why chapters and verses are not inspired. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting because, you know, back in chapter three, we were talking about um, there was that dispute, you know, and then. Yep. And so we see here in very at the very beginning of chapter four that more disciples um, were baptized under Jesus than under John. Yep. Um, and then he left there and he wanted to go to Galilee, but to get to Galilee, the best and fastest way was through Samaria, Samaria which, which was not the typical walking path. Most Jews would travel to the east around Samaria to go back to Judea. Right, and there's a good reason behind that, and it's because um, the Samaritans were um, half Jewish and half Gentile, and they were uh, shamed. Looked down upon. Mm -hmm. That was not a good thing in that time. Yep, and um, they also, <clears throat> the, the interesting thing about that, even though they were half Jew, half Gentile, they'll still, they still believed the scriptures. They had their own copies of the Torah. Right, they had their own temple. <clears throat> they had their even. own temple. They, they just thought that they, the worship was not in Jerusalem, but on this mountain that they had, which that will play into the conversation that Jesus has with this woman. Yes. Um, okay, so getting into that, so now Jesus is going through Samaria and they stop at this well. Well, the disciples go and get um, food. Food, yeah. Yeah. 
for Jesus to eat, and I'm sure them because yeah, they're hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so as he stops there, this woman at the well, um, he asks her to get water. Yeah. For him. But the whole interaction, she keeps it physical. Physical yes. water from a physical well. I was going to note that with too. With a physical. Um, bucket to Going back to thirst. all the people that we've talked about throughout John, so far, yeah. it's it's all, you know, us people, I mean, we're guilty of doing it too, yep. we think very physically instead of spiritually. But you'll see in this conversation that she does eventually she get to on. some spiritual things in yeah. it. She picks up on the cues that Jesus is dropping. But a lot of it is physical, and she definitely does throw out, yep. you know, that in the conversation. Right. Because Jesus knows that we are more than physical. We are also spirit and soul. Mm-hmm. Right? And our spirit and our soul also need water, not just our physical aspects. So Jesus keeps turning this conversation spiritual, and it, it is another faith-building conversation. He speaks about uh, the life-sustaining water that only comes from Messiah, and this life-sustaining water springs up as a well inside our lives, or a spring inside our lives perpetually giving us yeah it makes me think of revelation i know i always talk about revelation but like when you think of the river you know yeah. in mm -hmm. the new jerusalem. jerusalem right and that that's like the water of life right you know i mean ultimately jesus is the water of life and that is the point <laughs> obviously but yeah. it did pull me back to revelation because i love revelation but you know <laughs> But this woman that he's talking to, she really doesn't understand what Jesus is getting at until we get to like verses 16 through 18, where Jesus starts to deal with the most basic problem of hers, and that is her sinful nature, right? He brings that up, go call your husband and bring him back here. Oh, I don't have one. Says, you're right. You don't, not only don't you have one, but you're living with a guy. That guy is your fifth guy which is above the traditional three marriages that you're allowed to have. Yep. So he's really dealing with the fact that she is a sinful person. And I really think that verse, um, the latter half of verse 18, 18b, is the key to understanding this whole conversation. It reads this, for you, have, verse 18 reads like this, for you have had five husbands, the man you are, are living with is, now is not your husband, this you said truthfully. Jesus is pointing out that she is living in adultery, living in sin, and until she is willing to acknowledge that, the spiritual truth will remain hidden from her. Well, I think also, too, like how intimate this is that he's even bringing this up to her, right? This yeah. is, again, going back to how intimate God is, how intimate Jesus is with us. Yeah. You know, he knows her. He knows yeah. her weaknesses. He knows her sinfulness. He right. knows our sinfulness, right? So it goes back to that intimacy with the Lord. We, we serve a personal God yeah. who personally wants us to have a personal relationship. Yeah, it's truly, truly amazing. And it's amazing it to see it in Scripture, but also to know it in our own lives, yep. too. And it's almost as if when you move on, she is almost like convicted of her sin because she starts to change the conversation. Yeah, because this is where she starts flipping. Okay, well, if this, then, you know, what, right. it, you know, you know, she's talking about like the going back to the temple that you had brought up, like where they worshiped on the mountain. Right. It's interesting how 
the conversation does flow. Yes, it is. And what's really cool, Jesus gives us kind of a, a method, if you will, for evangelizing. Because Jesus flows with the conversation. She changes the subject, but Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to use this now, this new topic, to continue to convey spiritual truths. So it's like, it's not throwing him off. He's No, he's but and what's also cool about that is that... Um, you know, sometimes, so when you're talking to somebody that isn't a believer, right, as long as, so her heart was obviously open, um, and yep. that makes a big difference, okay, and God works on the hearts of people, so we don't always know if their hearts are open, but when you're having that conversation with an unbeliever, the conversation could go anywhere, yep. and it's not that you always have to necessarily, you have to flow it right, obviously, right. and we can see that, that Jesus is doing that, um, he brings it back always to the Lord, and he can do that. You see that he does that with her personal life yep. and her religious life. Yep. You know, you can see that in the scriptures. And I agree, it's really amazing to see how God interacts that way in the evangelistic way. Then we see that she clearly believes. Yep. <laughs> so and she goes and tells everyone, come see what I have just found. So at the well. what I think is interesting about that too is that, okay, so this woman was coming to the well, which we didn't talk about this before, but she's coming to the well in the heat of the day. Yeah. Which means she was again shamed in the mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. All right. She was looked down upon. Be whether like because of probably her sinful her life. life. Yeah. So she didn't want to have to deal with other people. So she went to the in the heat of the day to get water. Mm -hmm. And so we see that. And then for her to be flipped and then go and tell people in her city and for the people to believe her. Oh, that's believe what, her, but they, the, enough they to listened, come out. though. Yeah. Right. They <laughs> listened. That's the part that I find so fascinating because yeah. it, she was so shamed, but there was still an intrigue in the people that yeah. were listening to her. Okay, well... She's saying this, you know, maybe yeah. there is some truth to that. And so because of that, God, for one, showed importance to a woman, mm -hmm. right? Because we see a lot of people will say that God doesn't show value in women. And that is Not opposite the of the truth, yeah. right? Um, and we can see here that he used this woman, right, to give mm -hmm. him glory and to build a foundation on his name in that city, right, right by having her go and tell people not that he told her to do that like she wanted to right when we get saved or when something amazing happens in our life we want to tell people so she wanted to tell these people yeah. she's like guys all you know we've been waiting for this person this is and the messiah yeah. yeah so that was really i thought that was fascinating so that i thought that was really cool and then he stayed for them oh yeah he waited. Well, he was waiting for the disciples to come. Well, back. no, but I mean, he stayed there a <clears throat> few oh, yeah. days afterwards. Yeah, you know, so I'm sure he respond. taught them. Yeah, and the Samaritans respond. Jesus stays. For, they implore with him to stay, and he stays for two days. Yeah, and he teaches, and then that changes their belief. We no longer believe because of this woman. Right. We believe because we see you. You're right. here and you're doing. This. And I think that just shows the care that Jesus has for all people. Yep. I mean, they asked him to stay, and he stayed. Right. Because he loves them. Yeah. You know? He wanted them to come to faith. That right. Just, just goes to show that salvation is is from the Jews, but not only for the Jews. Right. Right? 
Salvation comes to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And here we have these Samaritans who are a mixture of both. And here the Messiah is um, providing them with salvation. Yeah. Then we get into the, he's explaining to his disciples basically the, uh, how he was evangelizing, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but, how that looks. Right. So Jesus' conversation with his disciples might be confusing for some because he's talking about how I have food you, you don't know about. Jesus is using um, a physical thing, physical item, food, to describe a spiritual truth. That's something that he does quite often. Like, I'm, I'm being fed by teaching the Word of God, which is really cool. And then he goes into how he is the one that is sowing, and the disciples will be the ones that are reaping, right? He is the sower, sowing the seed. They will reap. This reminded me of Deuteronomy 18.18, 18, which reads, I will raise up a prophet like you for them, from among their fellow Israelites, I will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to whomever I command, showing that there was an expectation of a prophet coming, and the reaping was the belief of those who would listen to the prophet. And in this context, that reaping is the belief of the Samaritans. It was, I think, the way that the Lord was teaching that to the disciples was a really unique way to learn that, right? right? But the disciples would have understood harvest. Yeah, they would have. And so it was clear to them what he was saying. Right. And, you know, we don't necessarily, I mean, we do some harvesting, <laughs> but yeah, on our not to here. this level, you know? And then we get um, Jesus wrapping up the chapter, um, Jesus traveling onward to Galilee from Samaria. So he's been with them for two days. He now travels into Galilee. And we have the healing of the royal official's son. What's cool about this healing is that the nobleman is there. His son is not there. Yeah. And so the healing happens, like the minute he asks, right, there's a time. And then he goes back, and I'm pretty sure the servant meets him halfway meets or whatever. Him halfway, yeah. You know, and says, "Oh, he's he, you know, he's getting better. He's healed." And the nobleman was like, "Well, when? You know, not that he needed that, but right. I think it was like confirmation. And sometimes we need that sometimes, aspect yeah. of confirmation." But what's interesting is that Jesus is asking for faith first. Right. That's a, one of the huge things that we've seen so far. Jesus wants faith first. I mean, we can see that even in all the right. conversations, too. But he, when he's talking with this official, he's like, go and he will be healed. He's asking the man to have faith first, to go first. And once he realizes that and then goes, he, I guess he marked down what hour it was that he left or that he made that faith decision... And then his servants meet him, and it's like, oh, that's the same hour. Yeah. And just how amazing and how it uplifts our spirit when we do realize, <clears throat> you know, yeah. that the Lord's done his work in whatever time frame or whatever. Anything the Lord has done doesn't have to be in that time frame, but right. just that we can see his work. And I think that's what's so fascinating about this, not just with this guy, but also with all the other stories, is that they are seeing the work of the Lord. Yeah. 
you know, and that's truly, really, really awesome. <laughs> Not only are they seeing that, but they're, they're seeing Jesus teach the fact that he's not, the Lord is not pleased with uh, works-based or with miracles. He really wants you to have faith in him and his words alone, not in his actions, not in what he can do for right. you. Right. Have faith in his words and in his promises. I also think what's really neat about this story is that he goes back, right, and then his whole household believes. Yeah. You know, and then I'm pretty sure he does talk about how it's so hard to, you know, bring the gospel to your family. And this guy obviously didn't have that because there was an experience with Jesus that led them to the Lord, right. you know. And when you're trying to speak to your own household, unless they've experienced Jesus, and I'm not saying like a physical experience. I'm yeah. just saying in general, knowing the word, it, it's a different, it, it's a personal experience with the Lord. You have to know him personally. Right. But he's, he also seeks for that faith first. Well, of course, that's the whole point of it being yeah. personal, right? It right. stems from faith. Right. Anything with the Lord that you're going to do, you know, I'm not, because I know you're thinking like, oh, I'm getting sensational. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I thought that was really interesting and that his whole household believed, but then also the Lord talks about how, you know, it is so hard to be in your own city and try to get those people to believe because he talks about that here being in Galilee, right. you know, that people were believing. Right. I think that was all I had. All right. What about you? No, that's that's pretty much it. Jesus um, highlights in verse 48 this uh, national characteristic for the Jews. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. And that really goes to us. A lot of times we want to see signs and wonders. We want to see the miraculous happen. Um, but again, Jesus doesn't want us to focus on the miraculous, focus on his words and his promises. Faith first, and then we will see. Yeah, and I think when I was talking about like the experiences, I'm not talking about an, a sensational experience. I'm yeah. talking about your relationship with the Lord. You have to come to know him personally. Yeah. And that's the kind of experience, I guess, is what I'm talking about. There you go. You know? So. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I had for chapter four. Um, yeah, that's all I had. So Brilliant. I think we're... So that's it. Tomorrow is Friday, or should be Friday if you're uh, watching this in succession. Uh, you'll read chapter five and then you get two days off. If you're not, um, you got the weekends to catch up. And so we will catch you tomorrow for the last for the last video for this week, chapter five. Of all right. The book of John. Yep. See you then. Bye.